The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, and welcome to the Big Blue Big Board Podcast. I am Dan Pizzuta, joined here by Chris Flum. Chris, how you doing today? I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm doing all right. So we are coming to you right now when the awkward time in between when the season ends and when the combine is, which will be in about two weeks. There's not a lot going on right now outside of things like Kyler Murray declaring for the draft, which we kind of talked about already in the last podcast. There's just not a lot going on, but still a lot that we can kind of dive into. So we are today going to try to look at some scenarios the Giants could be looking at in the draft. Obviously, it is super early for specific scenarios, but I think if we can kind of get an idea of what the Giants might be looking at, it might just kind of help us figure out what their thought process might be. So today we are going to focus on the first round, that sixth overall pick, and we are going to focus on what the Giants might do if they're not taking a quarterback there. And I think there's two kind of scenarios where that might be the case. One is if they get leaped and either one or both quarterbacks are already off the board. That honestly probably helps the Giants if they weren't going to take a quarterback anyway. That means only three non-quarterbacks would be taken in front of them, so that pushes some talent down the board. The other situation is if the Giants just do not have one of these quarterbacks graded highly enough to take. We know for better or worse, I lean toward the latter, that (laughs) Dave Gettleman is a best player available drafter. He sticks to whatever grade he has, doesn't matter what the position is, what positional value there is. We know this, we have gone over this, but if the Giants don't have Dwayne Haskins or Kyler Murray, (laughs) I will keep saying that even though the the Kyler Murray is probably like 50th on their board, (laughs) but if, if Dwayne Haskins is not like a top five player and is not their number one player when they are sitting there at six, they're probably not going to take him. So today we are going to look at the options that they could have 
in one of those two scenarios. We're not going to pick one of those scenarios, but we're just going to assume the Giants are going to pick a non-quarterback, uh, whether they're there or not. I think realistically, the only things we can assume in this scenario are that Nick Bosa, Quinnen Williams, and Josh Allen are off the board. Those are pretty much consensus top five selections. So it's very unlikely they'll be on the board when the Giants are picking at six, regardless of whether the quarterbacks have gone in the top five or not. Yeah, you know, just in either scenario we choose to address or that we look at, we both agree those guys are just, they're going to be top five picks. In fact, they will probably in some order be one, two, and three on every single draft board by the time all said and done. Now, personally, just looking at the two scenarios, I tend to lean towards the Giants getting jumped and that there's going to be trades in the top five because there are a few teams that have absolutely no reason to stay in the top five and need a volume of young talent on their rosters. And trades happen high in the draft every year. Every year, the first round week gets done, and we go, wow, that was wild. Did you see that coming? I didn't see that coming. So that's just going to happen. But as you said, there's a pretty good chance that even if Dwayne Haskins is there, he might not be the best player available on the Giants board, and they could look at him and say, well, we've got this player who's at sixth overall or sixth on our board or even fourth or whatever. And Haskins is 15th. You know, what can we do? So I think we both agree on in either scenario, what their first pick should be or their first choice should be. So I'll just let you go ahead with that. Yeah. Well, in that scenario, I mean, we can both say they, they should go for a quarterback. We are not. Yes. (laughs) Uh, We are not condoning the don't pick a quarterback because he's not literally the best player available on your board. I think that's a very flawed process. If you need a quarterback, you have him graded high enough and and you're just going to pass on him because there's a player or two in front of him on your board. I think that is a very flawed process. But if that is the case, and either way, the Giants are sitting at six, they are on the clock, they are not going to take a quarterback, whether there's not one there or whether they just are not going to take one in general because of the grade. The best option, and we said this last year, we'll say it again in this scenario, is that they should trade back. If you're not going to take a quarterback, trade back you're you're absolutely not one defensive player away if you are trying to if you're trying to either compete this year or compete within like the next two years you are not one defensive player away as good as this defensive class is and even this offensive tackle class and I think we'll talk about players in both of those positions none of them at six are drastically changing what the Giants are going to do. So if you trade back, and it honestly does not even matter how far you trade back, if there is a quarterback there perhaps and the Dolphins or someone like that want to move up from 13 to get into the top five, maybe leap Jacksonville, something along along those lines. I think you can go back as, as like far as maybe like the the early 20s would still be fine. 
So, because I think as we're going to talk about, if you're even going to go edge, you can move back, get those extra draft picks and whether it's a, a 20 a 21st which would be amazing but even if it's a whole bunch of seconds or thirds you can use that to one continue to build out this roster that we have seen just lacks talent all around and does need new players or if you're now because you've avoided quarterback for the second year in a row and you are going to need ammo to trade up next year, and that's the path you're putting yourself on, then you already have that extra draft capital there that you can use to move up next year. And if you have you know, maybe maybe a first, of course, that's the best case scenario, or you have these extra seconds and extra thirds, that's what's used to, to move up into the first round. These extra fourths and fifths and sixths that the Giants have taken this year, that's not what moves you up in the the first round that's not going to help them get a quarterback so when you look at really any trade value chart you're going to get more return than you are giving up with the sixth overall pick regardless of where you trade back to that has to be something the Giants are open to but we know Dave Gettleman has never traded back in his career as a general manager that I'm going to just continue to repeat that because it is insane he has never traded back in any <laughs> round uh, I, 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 just, I don't understand that at all. So the likelihood of that is probably as likely as they are to draft Kyler Murray, but it's something that needs to be said because it's probably going to be their best option if they're not going to take a quarterback. Yeah, and just looking at the strengths of this draft class, they could move back, and if they're just going to gear up for... 2019 they could address a lot of positions and set themselves up for when they finally have to bite the bullet you know no other choice eli yeah abby told eli that he is now staying home with the kids they could at least have a decent environment for whoever their next quarterback is you know they could get a guy like montez sweat for the edge they could get Juwan Taylor or Jonah Williams for the offensive line. They could get a free safety or a cornerback who could actually help their secondary and also help their pass rush. And then they could get those valuable second and third round picks where you know that's where the meat of this draft class is going to be. Or possibly, as you said, ammo to move up for whoever is in the 2020 draft class. Right. And it's, it's just value. And even if you put, you know, specific players on this, I, I know we'll, we'll talk about some of these guys, but like, would you rather have Ed Oliver or would you rather potentially have Montez sweat in extra first and an extra second? Like those, that's the situation you're putting yourself in. So that it's very obviously going to be their best option if they're not taking quarterback, but it's also the most unlikely option just because of you know, Dave Gettleman's history. And it's sad that we have to say that because it, it, that is a detriment to your own team when you don't even consider that an option. Agreed. You know, I, I don't want to run too far off onto a tangent, but we, oh, we do like to explore. Away. Yeah, we, we do explore tangents as they pop up. It, the way the NFL is set up, Everybody gets the same resources. They everybody gets roughly the same salary cap. You know, 
it varies based on how much you might be carrying over from the year before, but everybody gets basically the same salary cap and everybody gets basically the same draft resources and, you know, compensatory picks change that a little bit. And obviously there's the assumption that if you did well enough to have a good record or get into the playoffs or win the Super Bowl, you don't need the draft help. So the bad teams get the better picks. But that's all set up to basically force everybody into a 500 record. The teams that win and win consistently are the ones who use those finite, limited resources the most efficiently, who make the best picks, create the best schemes on offense and defense for their team. And you just need to use every resource you have as efficiently as possible to give yourself the greatest possible advantage. And in this case, trading back, assuming they're not going to draft a quarterback either because one isn't there or they're just not going to draft a quarterback, trading back is the most efficient use of that resource. Yeah, it is. I mean, just really like no matter what way you put on it. So let's just look at like this possible scenario. Say maybe the Raiders have three first round picks. They have four, 24, and 27. Say they take someone at four, say Kyler Murray's still sitting there. Maybe they want the quarterback and they want to move up. You look at the value of 24 and 27. So by by the new approximate value per the football perspective has a new draft chart that kind of takes away the actual player value. There's the old Jimmy Johnson chart that kind of values the picks, but the AV chart kind of values what you get out of the player. So by that AV chart, the 24th and 27th picks to combine are already worth more than the sixth overall pick. But if you go by that old Jimmy Johnson chart, you still have like the difference of the 82nd pick, which is still a decent pick that, you know, say Oakland would still have to give for the Giants. And I think most teams have an updated chart, but it's probably still closer to the old Jimmy Johnson chart than it is the AV chart. So if you're looking at that, you're actually already getting value there. And that's moving back into you know, late in the first round. So that that's okay. Uh, that is something that is still adding value when it looks like you're moving back and taking away value, but that is not the case. No, and I think if the Giants could add two first round picks this year and who knows potentially a a third round pick which would give them a third round pick which they've already spent their natural one on sam beal so you're getting two first round picks two third round picks and you still have your second round pick then we can talk about you know really adding some quality talent because yeah they've got a ton of day three picks but As we've both said, you don't build your team with day three picks. Those guys are more often than not scratch-offs. They're lottery tickets. Historically, you have about a 9% chance of finding a player. And by that, I mean a guy who's going to start most of his games throughout his rookie deal you have about a 9% chance of finding that guy in the fourth round and it goes down from there in the second and third round. You've got at least a 33% chance. It varies, but you know, 35, 38, but at least a third of the picks are going to pan out. 
And those two first round picks, they've got about a two thirds, 66% chance of panning out. So you're going to find players with that many valuable picks. Right. I think the, the moral of the story here is if the Giants are not picking a quarterback and they are not trading back, you should be very disappointed in how they view team building. So I, I think that's just that's just kind of the case. That's the reality of the Giants roster, that they are not going to be a player away at sixth overall to being a good team this year. And and the best value you can get is at a quarterback. So if they're not doing that, then then you you should be disappointed in what they're doing. But so on that note, if that is the case and they are just going to sit at six and not take a quarterback in either way, regardless of of how that happens, Chris, who would be someone you would like to see the Giants target there? My number one target would have to be Ed Oliver, assuming he's on the board. Yeah, Whether he is or isn't might change based on which scenario comes to pass, but yeah. I'm not going to say he is or will be Aaron Donald, but just watch the Super Bowl and the impact that he had on the Patriots blocking schemes. You have, yeah, he's undersized. In fact, uh, in his draft profile for him, Lance Zerline floated the idea of transitioning him to inside linebacker, which, yeah, no. But so... Oliver is a bit undersized. When you get a guy that athletic, he can just absolutely wreak havoc on the interior of an offensive line. And the Giants need a pass rush from somewhere. You know, we've both said that they need to improve their secondary more than they need to add guys, but they also do need to add guys. Vernon, the Olivier Vernon needs somebody else. And if you could get an Aaron Donald like presence in the middle which oliver isn't there yet but he might just be a better athlete than aaron donald was coming out and if he can learn to use his hands the way aaron donald at least could use them coming out and to the level that he has gotten to now if you could coach that athleticism up you have a potential game wrecker which if you're not going to get great value or maximize the value of the pick you should you could at least get a game wrecker Right, and I think we see when when you have someone who can get that, the pass rush from the interior, that is a, just an aspect of a defense that not enough defenses have. So when you are able to do that, that kind of just gives you an advantage against the offense. It, it gives you something that that interior of the offensive line has to worry about. Ed Oliver is going to be a crazy athlete. I think we all know that. He was not nearly as productive as Aaron Donald was in college. So I think that is a bit of a difference there. And then I think if, when you look along the defensive line, one of the things I wonder is putting Ed Oliver in, does that make BJ Hill and Dalvin Tomlinson better? Does it take away what they were able to accomplish because of how they would now have to rotate. I think having Oliver on the team would absolutely uh, be help, but I think you would have to really be confident in in his development because as good as an athlete as he is, uh, he, he still needs some work. He, he is not Aaron Donald yet. And, and I know that that comp is going to be put out there a lot because it's just similar kind of stature, but he, he still needs some work to get there. But I, I think he he would be someone the the Giants would 
to be looking at to put in the middle of that defense. And it's it's another thing where that interior pressure is something they do need to continue to add to that defensive line. Yeah, so why don't we go for your not trade back option then? When we look at this, I think the Giants almost have, have a hand forced here if they're going to sit at six and not take a quarterback uh, because I think you almost have to go edge rusher just from the value there. And I, I, as you said before, it's something that I've been very adamant about that the pass rush was not as big of a problem as a lot of people are making it out to seem. But I think if you're sitting at six and and the quarterback is not an option, you almost have to take that one uh, because adding to the pass rush is is not bad. My problem is if you think Olivier Vernon was the problem, you cut him and now you're taking whoever was at six and now he has to be your number one. I don't think that helps the pass rush. But if you want to add to the pass rush and bring that in, then maybe shift Lorenzo Carter to more of the outside linebacker. He can play that kind of, you know, half and half in coverage and pass rusher that he kind of was in college. And we'll see, maybe that helps him a little bit. So I think if we go here... I would say maybe like Brian Burns of Florida State. He's kind of in the uh, Lorenzo Carter mold-ish, uh, I guess in terms of size. He's listed at 6'5", 235, which is a little you know, slender for an edge rusher, uh, but he was super productive, 40 and a half tackles, 14 and a half tackles for loss. He had 10 sacks, 16 and a half run stuff, so he can do all of that together. He had three forced fumbles in his final college year. Uh, so I think he is someone who could be a dynamic number two. I think that would probably free up Lorenzo Carter a little more to do what he does best and not have to be a full-time edge rusher, which was a new position for him. I don't think we really, enough people talk about that, that being a full-time edge rusher was new for Lorenzo Carter in 2018. So I think Burns could be someone who could be just as athletic, has been a full-time pass rusher, and could be that good number two that would be a good addition to the pass rush. Yeah, that that's a good pick. I would say if he I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him show up to the combine at basically like a 240-245 range for his weight, which would put him, basically make him an almost physical clone of Lorenzo Carter and Leonard Floyd, who we know the Giants were infatuated with both of them. But if, say, he, do, he does only come in at 230-235, that might be a little light in the pants. So I think another option could be uh, Clellan Farrell out of Clemson, who is much more of a prototypical edge, or I should say more historically built edge. He's closer to that 260-ish weight. And anyone who watched Clemson this year knows he is just a beast of an edge defender. He isn't just a pass rusher. He can defend the run he sets a good edge he's got the athleticism to really beat offensive tackles he can bend around the edge he always seems to have a plan he never just pins his ears back and winds up running 10 yards past the play so I th- that would be another i think good option for them there and there's one i just have to bring up we were go- only going to do two apiece but there's one I just have to bring up, and in part because I enjoyed the Twitter conversation around it so much, but that would be uh, DK Metcalf. 
the wide receiver out of Ole Miss. Yeah, he missed time this year with a neck injury, but as far as I know, he's past it. He's healthy. And if you haven't seen the picture, just search for it on the Google or on Twitter. I think he might live in the gym and just eat cornerbacks for lunch because we all heard how infatuated Dave Gettleman got over Saquon Barkley and his physical abilities, especially after the combine. I fully expect Metcalf to come into the combine with buzz and leave as the next Julio Jones. I expect him to put on a show and as long as he stays healthy, just dominate it. And I can't bring myself to rule him out as a possibility for the Giants at sixth overall, as little as people, I think a lot of fans want to hear that because he is just an absolute physical freak. He looked like a man amongst boys as a freshman, and and now his abs have abs. That's, that's certainly uh, an outside-the-box pick, I think, for the Giants. I'm not totally sure if I would be opposed to it. I think when you look at what is going on in the NFL right now, if you are not trying to improve your passing offense, um, then you are not building your team correctly. And Metcalf would obviously do that. I know that would leave probably a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths because I think a lot of people do not like how Jerry Reese tried to build the Giants through skill players. I I don't think that was a flawed process. That got you you Odell Beckham. That got you Evan Ingram, who who is very good. Those are two pieces that we are talking about now, how the next quarterback will have those pieces in place that will help him. So I don't think that is as bad as it would be. Maybe picking Metcalf at six would be a bit of a reach, but in, in terms of how you build a roster, I'm fine with building it from the skill positions because those are what you're going to get. And if you look at the value you get from rookie deals, a quarterback is the best value. When you have a good rookie quarterback on a rookie deal, you can even have an average quarterback on a rookie deal. Like look at Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky was not good this year, but the Bears were able to build something around that uh, and they got pretty far. It Eventually, Mitchell Trubisky not being very good is what kind of knocked him out of the playoffs. Uh, But in a sense, you can work around that. And then it's Edge, which is why I would say, even though I don't think Edge is the problem on this defense, picking Edge at six helps because if you get a good Edge rusher on a rookie deal, even you know a high first round, that's still huge. Like look at the the Edge contracts that are given out. The Khalil Mack contract is huge. You know, we'll say the Olivier Verdon contract was huge, and he he was not a premier pass rusher. I still think he's a better pass rusher than a lot of people give him credit for. And if you look at what's going to be given out this offseason to you know, Jadavian Clowney, to D Ford, to Frank Clark, to Ziggy Ansah, these are going to be... You know, Demarcus Lawrence. De- uh, sorry, Demarcus yeah. Lawrence. I Probably the biggest contract that's going to be handed yeah. out between those guys. 
And those are going to near, you know, $20 million for some of them. They're going to be at about 17 for probably most of those. So if you can get that edge rush guy at, at a on a rookie deal, you're getting a steal there. And then also wide receiver. You look at the wide receiver contracts now. Look at Beckham. Look at the Antonio Browns. Um, look at probably what Amari Cooper is going to make. Look at a lot of these deals that are going to be coming down the line. And those are the three positions that get paid the most. So if you can get good production there on a rookie contract at those three positions, then you're ahead of the game. So as much as people would probably groan about taking a wide receiver, that might not be a terrible option. And it would give them some protection against Sterling Shepard leaving. A a tactic they could use to, I don't want to say talk themselves into the pick, but at least say, you know, now we've got probably the most ridiculous top three or top five if you bring Engram and Saquon Barkley into the mix as receiving options. They've got the most ridiculous set of receiving options in the league. And then they don't have to give Sterling Shepard a big second contract if he wants one. Right, so you could protect it against Sterling Shepard not coming back in free agency. You can protect against the the ridiculous notion and maybe more realistic than we would like to say and we would like for just all of this talk to continue to go away but the whether the Giants are going to trade Odell Beckham or not that is apparently a thing we're going to talk about again and so who knows so having a uh, you know, wide receiver there I, I tend to think that Metcalf would be the only player probably worth that top pick if you look in the second if you got you know someone like maybe J.J. Arcega-Whiteside or or Hakeem Butler uh, in that area, I think that could work as well. So actually, don't be surprised if the Giants might look at wide receiver in the second round. I think that would uh, be probably pretty smart to do because they don't have that third receiver. But yeah, I think just in overall team building, I don't think it's crazy to to build a wide receiver. And also going back to what we were talking about, we had two guys who we talked about on the edge. I think edge is a good spot to target there if they do it at six. I think also if you do trade back again, and we'll go back to that, if you trade back, I think you're still getting a productive edge, a possibility, even in the middle of the first round in maybe the 20s, I still think you could get that. And, And those are the three positions and quarterback, edge, and wide receiver, I think, are three. I think tackle is probably fourth, but since the Giants already have an expensive left tackle, if you're getting someone on the right side, I don't think that gives you as much of an advantage because those guys are going to come cheaper anyway, even though, as we've talked about, the the difference in quality between the two is not that much different, but that the market still discounts right tackles, you wouldn't be getting as big of an advantage for your rookie deal there. Yeah, but um, that comes to pass. Just imagine it. You would actually be agreeing with and having to defend Dave Gettleman. That is true. And that is something I would have probably not done before, to be honest, <laughs> on like almost any move. Um, actually, that, that's not true. I've agreed with some things. Uh, the big things we disagree on uh, quite a bit. <laughs> so yeah, that, that would be interesting if that was the move. Everyone would be going crazy and I would be the person standing on the soapbox defending Dave Gettleman. What a weird alternate universe that would be. But in reality, I don't really see that happening. Uh, on that note, I think we can we can end this podcast there. 
So for future episodes, I'm not sure if we're going to do a full mailbag episode, but we would like to get some of your questions to come in. Maybe answer you know one or two per show if you guys would like to do that. So send us uh, some questions if you would like to uh, by email, bigbooview at gmail.com. You can send them on Twitter to me at Dan Pizzuta or Chris at RaptorMKII. So we'll, we'll try to, to answer some questions if, if we have them and it'll help you guys interact a little bit. It'll help us know what you guys want to talk about, especially as we try to get through this off season, which is already very long uh, and has just started. But we'll uh, we'll continue to go through that. So if you guys want to ask some questions, please feel free to, and we will try to get to them. Overall, you can read our work at BigBlueView.com. Follow BigBlueView on Twitter at Big Blue View. Uh, follow Big Blue View on Instagram at Big underscore Blue underscore View. Uh, we already gave you Twitter handles so for us. So thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you again soon.